lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. So as we've discussed, we're currently in the period known as the Omer where we're counting the days between Pesach and Shavuos. And the beginning of the Omer is actually considered a morning period where men don't cut their hair or shave their beards. We're not really supposed to listen to music. And then on the 33rd day of the Omer, which is called Lagba Omer for Lamed Gimel, the numerical value 33, the 33rd day of the Omer, this all abruptly stops and there's massive celebrations, especially in Israel, and literally thousands of people trek up to Maron, which is in the north of Israel, to celebrate and pray by the grave of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So I want to unpack what's going on here, why we're in mourning, what we're celebrating on Lagba Omer, and what we can take out of it for our own lives. So I mentioned that the beginning of the Omer is a mourning period. And this is because Rabbi Akiva, who lived around 135 CE, many years ago, under the Roman Empire. 24,000 of his students were wiped out and killed during this time, and the Torah tells us it was because they did not behave with kavod, respect toward one another. So I want to unpack this a little bit. To better understand what's going on here and how it connects to Lagba Omer, I want to take a few minutes to tell Rabbi Akiva's story, which is one of my most favorite stories. My husband and I read the book Akiva, which I highly recommend, I'm going to link to it below, but his story really is so unbelievable. Rabbi Akiva was a poor and ignorant shepherd. He was a Jew. He despised rabbis in Torah, and he was hired in a very wealthy home of an observant Jew named Kalba Sabua. And Kalba Sabua had a daughter named Rachel, who was very beautiful and pious. And something in her saw potential in Rabbi Akiva to be a great Torah scholar. So she told him that she would marry him if he would learn Torah. And he was like, how can I learn Torah? I, I barely even know Aleph base. You know, he was already an older man at this point. And Akiva was taking a walk and he saw drops of water falling on a huge stone. And drop by drop, the water was creating a deep hole in the stone. And he thought, what? power is there and such a drop of water that it can create change in, our, in something as hard as a rock. He was like, maybe if I begin to study Torah little by little, drop by drop, my mind and heart will be able to absorb it and will, and will be able to change. So with that, Rachel and Akiva married and it was really a lot of Mesiris Nefesh, a lot of self-sacrifice on the part of Rachel because she left her inheritance. She left her wealthy home. Her father basically disowned her. They moved into a shack, literally, and Rachel worked to support Akiva and take care of their kids while he learned away in yeshiva. In those years, it was very common for the men to go study elsewhere. And he learned in yeshiva for 12 years. And then he came back to, to, he came back and he heard her saying to a friend as he approached the door, you know, like, 
if he went another 12 years, I would be very happy with that. And he literally didn't even come home. He just turned right around and went back for another 12 years. And eventually Rabbi Akiva rose through the ranks. He was very smart and he, he really learned a lot and he became one of the greatest sages of his generation. And it's so incredible. I love this part when he came home, when he went back to Rachel, he had thousands of followers accompanying him and everyone was running toward him and Rachel comes out of her house. She's dressed in rags and she's also trying to go to Akiva and people don't know who she is. So they're kind of blocking her. And he finally parts the way and goes toward Rachel. And he says, everything I have learned and everything you have learned, it's all hers. It's all because of Rachel. So Rabbi Akiva was considered the greatest sage of his generation. And it was also said that he was the the source of the oral tradition. You know, at that time, the oral tradition wasn't written down yet. So it was vital that there was teachers to pass over the tradition to students. So you can imagine how big this tragedy was when he had 24,000 students being wiped out and killed. And Rabbi Kiva, it's so ironic, his whole thing was loving your fellow as yourself. He said, this is, the great, this is a great principle in the Torah. So how could it be that his students weren't able to embody this? At the time when all of the students were dying, it seemed so dismal. It was like the line of transmission of the Torah from Sinai to future generations. How's the chain going to continue? Who's going to provide the light of Torah to future generations? How could these students ever be replaced? Especially considering at this time, if you've studied the history of this time, the Jews were under such pressure from Roman persecution, running from place to place, being uh, uprooted. It was very hard to continue the tradition, especially in an oral manner. So the urge to say, you know, forget it. I mean, imagine being Rabbi Akiva and working so hard, starting from the very bottom, like at a first grade level as a man and learning your way up and up and up and learning so much Torah and and then having thousands of students and then watching them all die. Most people would just be so overwhelmed. They would just say, forget it. But what's so amazing is that Rabbi Akiva didn't give up. After the loss of his students, he picked himself up and continued to transmit the Torah to new students. It was said that on Lag Ba'omer, he began teaching Torah to five new students. And one of these students was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yuchai, who went on to basically reveal the secrets, the esoteric Torah that after his death was recorded in the Zohar, which was our main Kabbalistic text. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yuchai, brought so, his teaching brought so much light to the world and he actually also passed away on Lagba Omer. It's also the yard site of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Before his passing, he told his students to celebrate the day as heralding the dissemination of the Torah's esoteric teachings. So this is why on Lagba Omer, so many people go up to the north to be by the kever, the, the grave of Rabbi Shimon. And I read that several years ago, at least before Corona, I don't know what it's going to be this year, but... According to official Israeli reports, almost half a million people visited Meron, where he's buried, in the days leading up to Lagba Omer, and more than 250,000 were there on Lagba Omer itself, which is pretty incredible. I heard a really amazing idea from one of my teachers, Yael Dworkin, in the name of Rabbi Moshe Erez Daron, who explained that Rabbi Kiva's generation, the, the generation of the students who died, 
they were the generation that was the last one before the beginning of our current 2000 year um, Gullis exile that the Jews are now in, right? There's been four, four exiles that were in. The third one was the Roman one. And now we're currently in the fourth and hopefully last exile. So she was telling me that it was their Torah and their, their mitos, their character traits that were going to carry the Jewish people throughout this 2000 year long exile. And to survive this exile, we need unity as a people. And they lacked this unity. It wasn't that they sinned so terribly, but in that generation, in any other generation, it would have been okay. But for that generation that was going to provide the Torah, that was going to help the Jewish people survive the exile and lead us to the Mashiach, Messiah, hopefully, it, they, weren't, they weren't up for the task. And I also heard another idea that they actually loved each other so much that they couldn't stand watching their fe- their friends do things that they didn't think were correct. So they were like forcing their will upon another, which which it's not really the correct way. It was coming from a place of love, but it was not correct respect for each other. And as I said, they, they needed to have a very high level of unity because they were in a very special generation. So Rabbi Akiva had to start all over again, finding five students who understood the unity that was required to survive the exile and bring the redemption. These were the, the teachers that the Jewish people needed at that time. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, it's so amazing because he has touched so many Jews. Think about the diversity of Jewish people who are called to come to pray at his grave. It's, it's all types of Jews. It's unbelievable. It really is an amazing day of Jewish unity. So part of what we're celebrating on Lagba Omer is that the light of Torah lives on. We're also celebrating that Rabbi Akiva did not give up. And he had such resilience, the way he responded to that tragedy. And he brought the Torah back to life after such a devastating loss. That imbues the day of Lagba Omer with such joy. Rabbi Pinchas Lipschitz, in his book, The Editor's View, has a beautiful quote that I'm going to read. He says, The seeds that Rabbi Akiva planted that day on Lagba Omer, which ultimately produced the massive rejuvenation of Torah, are the reasons for celebrating on Lagba Omer. On this day, we commemorate the renewal. We celebrate the determination. We cheer the cessation of the plague. We foresee the future bright with hope and determination. As the centuries pass, and as the Romans of every period seek our destruction and annihilation, we look to Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai for inspiration. We note how they looked the enemy in the face and persevered, thus ensuring that our nation and our Torah are alive and flourishing to this very day. In the wake of a tragedy that would have felled lesser people, Rabbi Akiva strengthened himself and set about ensuring that the chain remains unbroken. So obviously there's a big takeaway here for ourselves that we can't always control our circumstances. And most of the time we have very little control of our circumstances, but what we can control is how we're going to respond to what's going on around us. And sometimes we go through really difficult times, tragedies. I mean, the pandemic has set so many people back in so many ways. I think we're in a time now where so many people like to define themselves as a victim and What's amazing about this story is Rabbi Akiva would have had every reason after all of his students were killed to define himself as a victim. And he continued on and he found five new students. And it's through that chain that our tradition is passed down and the light of Torah continues today. It's unbelievable. 
We have so much power. We, we don't even know our own power. And rather than view ourselves as victims, we really can view ourselves as agents of change, people who can spread light in the world. Okay, so let's sum up. On Lagba Omer, we are celebrating the time when Rabbi Akiva's students stopped dying and he made the choice to continue teaching Torah to five new students despite the devastating loss. And one of these five students was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the father of Kabbalah, whose yard site falls out on this day. Lagba Omer is a day of celebrating the light of Torah that continues on. And by the way, I think that's why we light so many fires. <laughs> that's a big thing on Lagba Omer, to light fires and dance around fires. And I think symbolically we're celebrating the light of Torah that continues on and the resiliency of the Jewish people. And personally, we can look to Lagba Omer as an inspiration for being agents of positivity in our own lives and realizing that it's up to us. And if we can be resilient and not define ourselves by what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us, we will be better off and the world will be better off. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast and share. And if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful. Take care.